Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. In the world of sports, the Dallas Mavericks are making headlines. Ah, yes. The Adelson family is reportedly in advanced discussions about buying a significant share of the team. That's right. But Mark Cuban, the current governor of the franchise, isn't going anywhere. He's expected to remain in control of all basketball decisions. The deal is reportedly valued at around $3.5 billion, which is going to take some time for the league to process. The Adelson family is apparently selling almost $2 billion in stock in the Las Vegas Sands Corp to fund this purchase. That's a hefty sum. If the entirety of that amount goes towards the purchase, it would mean the Adelson family could be acquiring at least 57% of the NBA team. This process of vetting new owners in the NBA typically takes several weeks, and then the league's board of governors must grant approval. And there's a bit of history here. The Sands Group, led by Miriam Adelson and her son-in-law, Patrick Dumont, has previously had discussions with Cuban about building a casino entertainment district in Dallas. That's an interesting twist. Such plans would require gambling to become legal in Texas, something Cuban has been lobbying for. Cuban has been a staple of the Mavs since 2000, when he purchased a majority share in the franchise for $285 million. He's also known for his role on Shark Tank, which he's leaving after the next season. It's certainly a significant development for the Mavericks. We'll have to see how this plays out in the coming weeks. From the hardwood courts of the NBA, we now turn our attention to the grassy fields of European football. As we leave the world of potential team ownership changes, let's dive into a story of a team's resurgence on the grandest stage of club football. A story of a legendary club making a triumphant return to form in the Champions League. Stay tuned as we discuss the remarkable turnaround of a team once struggling, now back in the knockout stages. Helena, Barcelona's back in the Champions League knockout stages for the first time since 2021. Quite a turnaround under the new coach, Xavi Hernandez, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, Stephen. It's been a tough couple of seasons for Barca dropping into the Europa League, but Xavi's got them back on track with a 2-1 win over FC Porto, courtesy of Joan Cancelo and Joan Felix. And Xavi seems to be quite pleased with this progress, calling it a big step forward for the project. He also highlighted how important this is for the club's morale and confidence. Right, especially considering the tough competition they faced. Porto's no walk in the park, and yet Barca managed to put up a strong performance. There had been some pressure on Xavi, with only two wins in five games. But he seems to have shrugged off the criticism, saying he's not a prisoner, but rather happy and satisfied. And it's not over yet. Barca could secure top spot in the group if they draw against Antwerp or if Shakhtar Donetsk fail to beat Porto. Meanwhile, Porto could still join Barca in the last 16 with a draw against Shakhtar. True, but now Barca will have to shift their focus back to La Liga with matches against Atletico Madrid and Girona coming up. And before that, Xavi wants to savor the moment. He says it's a day to congratulate the team and the club. Though he acknowledges there's still a lot to improve, he's hopeful that this could be a turning point for Barca. Only time will tell, Helena. But for now, it seems like Xavi and his team have reason to celebrate. From the thrill of European football, we now turn our attention to the drama unfolding on the American college gridiron. 
It's been a year of dominance for the top teams, but as always, the rankings have sparked some heated debates. Let's dive into the stats and controversies of this college football season. Helena, it's been a year of the favorites in college football, hasn't it? Teams in the top eight have a combined record of 89-7. That's impressive. Absolutely, Stephen. But despite this, there are still a few teams with good reason to gripe about the latest rankings, don't you think? Oh, for sure. Let's start with Texas Longhorns and Alabama Crimson Tide, both at 11-1 but ranked 7th and 8th respectively. The committee seems to have a soft spot for Ohio State. Yes, the Buckeyes are enjoying their place in the pecking order. But if you look at the numbers, Texas and Alabama have more top 35 wins and victories over bowl-eligible opponents. It's a bit of a head-scratcher. And don't even get me started on Oregon. Ranking them ahead of Texas and Alabama is even more baffling, considering their lack of a strong resume. But let's move on to the Washington Huskies. Right. The Huskies at 12-0 are in a win-and-in situation, but they should be angry. They've already beat Oregon and have a tougher schedule. Yet if Oregon wins the Pac-12 title game, Washington is out. It seems unfair. It's the conference title games that are undermining the importance of the regular season. And when the playoff expands to 12, those games become even more problematic. But let's not forget about Oklahoma Sooners. Oh, the Sooners. They're ranked 12th, which likely puts them out of a New Year's Six game. With three two-loss teams ahead of them, it's a tough pill to swallow. Especially when you consider that Oklahoma has more wins against Quad 1 opponents than Mississippi or Missouri. It's a bit of a snub, to say the least. And speaking of snubs, let's talk about the group of five teams. Only Tulane and Liberty made the cut. What about Toledo, SMU, James Madison? A great point, Helena. It's a shame that those teams are being overlooked, especially when you have a team like Tennessee, with a less than stellar record, checking in at number 21. Yes, the committee's decisions this week have certainly raised a few eyebrows. Here's to a wild championship weekend and more debates to come. From the gridiron to the hardwood, sports fans certainly have a lot to look forward to. As we wrap up our college football debate, let's switch gears and talk about another exciting event on the sports calendar. A big night is coming up in the world of sports broadcasting, one that's sure to have basketball fans on the edge of their seats. Stick around, because up next, we're diving into the upcoming NBA in-season tournament. We've got a big night coming up in the world of sports broadcasting, haven't we, Helena? TNT's coverage of the NBA in-season tournament is set to reach a fever pitch with the semifinals on December 7th. Absolutely, Stephen. And what a lineup. The Emmy Award-winning Inside the NBA studio team, including Ernie Johnson, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Shaquille O'Neal, will be there. And they're not alone. ESPN's NBA Countdown studio team will be joining them live from Vegas. That's right. Two powerhouses, one massive event. Pre-game coverage kicks off at 7.30 p.m. ET, and then it's game time at 9 p.m. ET. But the real surprise here is Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilbin joining the Inside the NBA team, right? That's going to be a treat for the viewers. Absolutely. And let's not forget about the game commentators. Kevin Harlan will be calling TNT's semifinals coverage with Candace Parker, ESPN's Doc Rivers, and Ally LaForce. And then there's Reggie Miller joining ESPN's crew of Mike Breen, Doris Burke, and Lisa Salters earlier in the night. It's a star-studded lineup indeed. And the post-game coverage is just as exciting, 
with Johnson, Barkley, Smith, and O'Neill being joined by ESPN's Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilbon. TNT's not pulling any punches with their commentator teams for the quarterfinals either. We've got Kevin Harlan, Reggie Miller, Ali LaForce, not to mention Brian Anderson, Stan Van Gundy, Chris Haynes, Ian Eagle, Grant Hill, Jared Greenberg, and the team of Sparrow Deedes, Greg Anthony, and Stephanie Reddy. It's going to be a night to remember in sports broadcasting.